If we haven't had the chance to meet, guys, my name is Julian, and I am actually the student coordinator here for the Flying Wells campus, as well as overseeing our college ministry. Um, my wife is not here tonight, my wife, Claudia, but she says hello. She sends her love. Um, but I want to jump right in. Um, first off, I want to say thank you to Pastor Taylor and Erica uh, for the opportunity. They're on vacation. Uh, keep them in your prayers. But <clears throat> as I was praying about tonight and what, uh, what the Lord had for us tonight is I was reminded that no matter if you are one or if you are 100, we navigate pain. Different levels of pain, different seasons of pain, how you grew up how you will continue to grow up um, in school, work, marriage, family. There is always going to be a level of pain. Pain is not avoidable. John 16, you don't need to turn there. It says, Jesus says, in this life, you will have tribulation. He does not say, if you can avoid tribulation, he says, you will have it. Get over it. Pain is a part of life. Death will come. You will be disappointed. There will be moments where you're expecting something great to happen, and it doesn't happen. Am I the only one that's navigated that? Anybody else been disappointed? There's going to be times where people betray you, people hurt you. There's going to be trauma. There has been trauma. There's going to be neglect, self-doubt, self, uh, self-deprecation. There's uh, not liking yourself, people not liking you. There will be pain. But one of the most beautiful things about life is our pain. And you go, what the heck does that mean? Because if you think about it as believers, we believe that when you die and if you go to heaven, you are with Jesus. And, and scripture says that Jesus says himself that there will be no longer pain, there will be no more crying, there will be no more sorrow. So whether you live to 25 years or 100 years, this pain will stop if you're a believer. If you are a believer, there is, for the rest of eternity, you will never experience pain again. Pain is like gold. It's rare. And the concept of time, you go, how is it rare? This is, I feel it every day. I'm feeling it now. I'm distracted. I don't even, I'm not even paying attention. I feel like my whole life is pain. But in reality, look at it, that pain will cease. But, and that's, a, it's a beautiful thought. It's a scary thought. It's, 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 it's a, in a sense of like, okay, I can't wait to get there. And, and maybe you've navigated issues of, man, I just want to take my own life so the pain stops. Or you say things like, I just want Jesus to come back so the pain stops. I don't want to die. Let Jesus come back first. Maybe like when I'm on my deathbed, he can come back. We want to live full lives. Or, or if you're single, you go, I just can't wait to have sex. Let me have sex and then we can go God. But the thing is, is that this pain will stop. But how you navigate your pain determines the rising and the falling of your soul. When pain, stress, anxiety comes, we tend to cope. In unhealthy ways, we'll, we'll do things. We'll, we'll, we'll lean to um, social media. We'll scroll and scroll and scroll. We'll work out and, and we'll love the way we look in our Instagram selfies, our gym pics. But then inside, we hate ourselves. Maybe you go to the bottle, or you go to drugs, you go to sex, you go to people's opinions, that we will cope for our healing. And the thing is, is that we won't, we, excuse me, we won't feel the need of our souls if we are constantly running to our physical bodies. We all too often, this is the first point, deal with symptoms, but never the source. Coping does not get rid of the problem, it just masks it. 
we, we cover up our situations by, well, if I can just be this strong or if I can have abs or if I can look this good or if I can have this much money in the bank, this job, or if I can, or if I can get this degree, it never satisfies. You can get the, the associates, then the bachelors, then the masters, then the doctorate, and then you're get bored, and then you can get another doctorate. Or you can say, well, I'm working minimum wage, and I can't wait to work here. And then you find out your boss sucks, and then you want to work here, and then nothing ever satisfies. But we never get to the source of our problems. Two things I want to talk about and how we cope. Number one, our hustle mentality. We grind. Gen Z which is you guys, if you haven't figured it out yet, is, is the, the generation that loves the side hustle, that understands the concept of, the, of, of uh, gig businesses like DoorDash and Uber Eats and Instacart. We like to make money our way. We, we, we will sell stuff. We will flip stuff. We, we, not just that. We will um, not necessarily even financially, but we'll go to the gym. We'll post about it. We'll show uh, what we're doing, right? If, if most guys in here that have an Instagram are probably following Chris Bumstead or Alex Eubank, that guy, all of his Instagram is just bodybuilders, apparently. We say things like, I prefer to go alone. I got a chip on my shoulder. I got to prove people wrong. I got to prove my hater wrong, my haters wrong. I'm on my grind. But the thing is, when you look at the definition of grind, it means to reduce something to particles or powder by crushing it. When you think of a grind, we think of, I'm just going to get this much money. I'm, I can't wait till I'm here. Or, or if you're a Don, I'm going to go do a wedding in, in the Dominican, and then I'm going to go do one in New York, and then I'm going to go do one in California. And we're like, okay, Don, geez, my gosh. See, we get on this grind mentality at times, but we don't realize that when we don't focus on our soul, we are eroding away. We are grinding ourselves down. See, we will, we will be physically exhausted and think we're not doing enough. You will think, well, if I can just work an extra 10 hours a week, I can afford the vacation to Rocky Point for two days and next spring, but I'm already burnt out now. We think I'm not, we are burnt and we think I'm not doing enough, so I need to do more, even though I feel like I'm already dying. The next thing is we isolate. Isolation doesn't happen all at once. Usually it's a process. You stop answering those text messages by friends. And I'm not talking about being an introvert, because in reality, um, introverts won't even look at me when I say this because they're introverted. But even introverts need love and attention. But isolation, what that will do is we will avoid people. We'll stop answering the texts. We'll, we'll, we'll distance ourselves. You might be in the room, but not be in the room emotionally. We will try to, to keep our circle small. We will try to be ourselves. We will stop trusting people. And, and sometimes it can be justified due to betrayal. I'm not saying what you felt isn't, what, isn't valid, but, but if not careful, we push it aside. We distance ourselves. You suddenly stop hanging out with good people. You suddenly, when people ask you how you're doing, you just say good and that's it. We hustle and we grind. But Jesus never called us to isolation or to constantly grind all the time. And the thing is with this mentality of, well, people can't fix my problems. I'm gonna figure it out myself. I'm gonna keep a distance. No one can hurt me. I'll be safe. 
or you say things like, um, I, I, I'm gonna, I need to figure out my problems myself. I got myself in the financial situation. I decided to go to the U of A. I got to figure out the money. I got to figure out the payments. I got to figure out my own health. I got to do this stuff. And we, and we distance ourselves, and yet at the same time, we burn ourselves out. But I'm actually going to call up uh, Abran. Uh, Abran, you could come up. Can you get it for Abran? So this is Abran. He's the man. He works out a lot. Um, so the thing is, is that, and, and this is an example of life. Uh, do you want to deadlift this or do you want to squat it? All right. So the thing about this is, and this is an analogy for life. You can have the weight on your back. This is the normal wake up. It's not too hard, but eventually things happen in life. Things mess with you. How's your core strength? Good. Things will get in the way. And, and Tristan and, and Lennon, if you want to get up here, and, and this is the normal, hey, life is going great. School is growing great. I, I'm, I'm doing amazing. And then all of a sudden, you find out a loved one passed away. And suddenly the weight becomes heavier. Make sure you do it at the same time because we need to run for the rest of this analogy. And suddenly there's this, this weight to it, and Abraham says, I can do this. Abraham told me yesterday he squats 405, so he's good. He's fine. He goes, I've been here before. My goldfish died when I was nine, and, and my dog died when I was 12. Like, well, it's just a loved one, and, and there's this level of just treating it as less than. And suddenly Abraham finds out, like, maybe, oh, my gosh, my roommates are moving out now, and now I got to pay rent on my own. And he goes, oh, my gosh, like, this is overwhelming. I got to figure out the finances. The weight of life is piling on. But get good news. He gets new roommates. You can take off the 25. Now you get, to, you get to take off the 25. It finds new roommates. But then things happen, and it turns out that school isn't going well, and it's worse than even roommate issues. He finds out that he didn't get the scholarship. Many of you might have found out you're not going to the right school, and, and suddenly what was a 25-pound problem becomes another 45. And suddenly the things of life that he gets to figure out on his own just get heavier and heavier and heavier. How you feeling, Abraham? He looks good on the outside. But that's the reality is oftentimes we act like we're better than we actually are. You act like it on social media. You come to church and say, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm great. Oh, awesome. We're going to go to Mod afterwards. Oh, I'm great. But you're hurting. How you feeling? How much longer do you think you can actually hold that? <laughs> put, on the, put on the 25s. And there's a weight to life. And it gets heavy. And some of y'all are here right now. But you act like you just have the bar. And some of y'all don't know how to ask for help. And that's okay. This is why we're here tonight. Y'all can take off the weight. Y'all can take off the weight. See, eventually at some point, we, people, we will get tired in life. We'll get overwhelmed. We'll, we, we will wrestle with this. And there'll be things we say, I'm not doing good enough. And you'll go to take a nap, but you're so anxious that you're taking a nap. You feel like you're wasting time and you don't even take a nap. You'll be exhausted. You won't know how to ask for help. You'll, you'll be burnt out by life. You'll think, well, I, I haven't slept. I'm, I'm running on two hours of sleep. And, and I feel like I should probably just study now because I'm not going to sleep anyway. And then we waste our time trying to fix external problems when it's our soul that's hurting. 
It's easy at this age when you're in college, entering uh, families, uh, becoming married, um, stepping into careers to think that the issues are just what you see. But in reality, it's in here. Thank you, Ryan, by the way. See, we, we will grind and we will isolate ourselves, but combined with the weight of life, we will fail. You will fail if you do this on your own. See, even if this was 405, he, he might have squatted it for one rep and, and he might have got it, but he couldn't carry it long. But even if it was just the bar, even probably over the next 30 minutes, he'd have to let it go. Small things last longer, but you still need help with those too. Maybe not as much, it's relative, but what you're feeling is valid, but someone needs to know what you're going through. It's, if you think of a fire, wildfires don't start with an explosion, it's usually a lighter. It's, it's if you think of, of sin and temptation, they don't start big. It's usually one thing on Instagram, and then two hours later you think, how did I get here? It could be mindsets of, of, of little things of, oh, I, I used to just kind of like, make fun of myself, and then over the years, it turned into self-harm. Small things, if not taken care of, can also put you down. Let me ask you a question. How many of y'all work out? Raise your hand, raise it up high if you work out, or at least know the concept of it. I'm not asking you to be an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just, you know what working out is, okay? So how many of y'all have ever heard of the term a spotter? A spotter. Raise it up high if you know what a spotter is. A spotter, a spotter. So a spotter, if you don't know, if, if you think of a competition, a powerlifting competition, or even if someone is going heavy, the spotter will be usually behind them to catch them if they fall. They're there for protection. They're there for uh, mental, um, mental safety because how many of y'all know you can lift more if you know you're not going to kill yourself, Right? There's been a few times where uh, I'm, I don't have the physique that looks like it. Once you get married, your physique is like gone, right? You're like, as long as night one is good, we're fine, right? But then the rest, you're like, babe, I don't want to cook. In and out again, night two. All right, here we go, right? But and for myself, I, I enjoy working out, but there's been times where I've been by myself and I'm going and I go, I miss my spotter as the bar comes back down. See, the spotter is there to help you. The spotter is there to protect you. But the, they're also there to push you. If you're taking notes, the title of this message is, Can You Spot Me? Can You Spot Me? See, not only do we need spotters in the gym, honestly, Tristan and, and Lennon were spotting him on the side, but there'd also be one behind them. Um, if you think of, of uh, bench press, there'll usually be one above them so they don't drop it on their face. And usually if you're warming up, you don't need a spot as much, but the spotter is there to help you. See, not only do you need a spotter in the gym, you need spiritual spotters as well. What is a spiritual spotter? And this is a long one, but a spiritual spotter is a godly individual who allows you to authentically be you, but is pushing you to a better you and your walk with God, yourself, and to others. See, the purpose of a spotter, number one, is to challenge you to new limits and at a safe pace. When um, years ago, <clears throat> Pastor Taylor and I were in Pine Top, and we were, and Isaac was there as well, um, uh, and we were in Pine Top, Arizona, and we were there for a student's retreat, and we went to this small gym in Pine Top. If you know anything about Pine Top, there's like nobody there, and there was these two guys, like meatheads, they thought they were big, but there's only like a thousand people in Pine Top, so like it was just, they were the only option. Um, you can find someone bigger out of Planet Fitness in like Tucson, okay? 
But these guys were there. They were, it was 5 in the morning. They were grunting. They were yelling. They were probably like lumberjacks because we're out in northern Arizona. And, and they were yelling. I remember like there was like an old lady on the treadmill that's like, oh, my gosh. And there's like a 12-year-old kid that's just trying to learn how to work out. And he's like terrified. But these guys were going. And I remember uh, there was um, someone trying to um, incline bench 185. And that's relatively strong if you can incline bench 185. He gets it up. These guys are yelling. <coughs> and the guy gets it, and, and he presses it, and he gets about right here, and he drops it on his chest. Other guy picks it up, racks it, and he goes, do you, and I swear, he goes, do you know why you didn't get that lift? He pokes him in the chest because you don't have enough heart in that tone. And we're like, and you know what he says? Put 20 more pounds on. And I'm like, all right, let's watch. Okay. <laughs> now he has 205 on. He unracks it. He gets it. It doesn't leave his chest. He didn't have enough heart. <laughs> See, a good spotter doesn't let you be stupid. A good spotter doesn't let you be dumb. A spiritual spotter doesn't let you hang out with people that you shouldn't be hanging out with. Hey, you probably shouldn't be in her dorm room at 10 at night. You know how you get. You probably shouldn't be going to that bar on, on university because you know how you get. Where you been at church? Some of y'all should be spiritually spotting your friends. Where are they right now? And spiritual spotters will call you higher at a safe pace. I wouldn't say, Drew, I need you to preach tonight. He did pray. He's hitting new limit, new PRs, spiritual PRs, SPR. All right. SPRs. He's, I, I prayed in tongues. It was an SPR. <laughs> they, a good spiritual spotter, sorry, calls you higher. A good spiritual spotter in the gym, a good spotter goes, bro, you can do more than that. Why are you slacking? I'm here all the time, Claudia. I, I pulled my hamstring a couple months back uh, before we went on the missions trip. And I remember we got back. I was like, oh, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to like squat 185 today. Like, I mean, I'm just kind of get it. And all of a sudden my wife goes, fine, I'll squat 185. And I'm like, okay, gosh, right, 225. Here goes another pulled hamstring. But a good spotter doesn't let you slack off. A good spiritual spotter says, are you reading your Bible? Yeah. Are you praying? Are you serving? Are you actually committing? Are you, are you saying you're going to do, are you doing what you say you will do? A good spiritual spotter pushes you forward. So let me ask you this. Do you have people like that in your life? Are they in this room? Are they your parents? Are they spiritual leaders? Are they pastors? Who do you have in your life that you can go, hey, can you push me? Is it other people from other churches? Is it classmates? Is it people at Christian clubs? You know those people. If you don't have them, this is a great place to start. We're actually launching our small groups called Tribes starting this Sunday. So this is the place to find some spiritual spotters. And tribe leaders, I know I didn't tell you this. I'd love for you to be out in the foyer afterwards in case people want to join. See, spiritual spotters also protect you from harm, even if it hurts. You go, isn't hurt automatically harm? When you go to the dentist, does it hurt? But is it good for you? Is the dentist harming you or helping you? Right? And ideally, ideal, it doesn't feel like it. They're like, they're like two knuckles in your mouth and like, so what'd you do over the weekend? You're like, ah, what's going on? It's the same with the spotter at the gym. 
You might be sore the next day, but they're not going to let you blow out your hamstring. They're going to push you and say, hey, man, you got this. And they're also going to say, hey, man, remember how you hurt your shoulder last week? Don't, have to, don't ego lift. It's okay. We love you for you. You don't have to prove nobody. It's the same thing spiritually that, that a good spiritual person will call you out on your crap. Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. If all the people you hang out with, all they do is compliment you, they probably ain't your friend. They probably just want something from you. A true friend is willing to say, hey, bro, you're better than that. Hey, you're, 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 you're smarter than that. I've seen better out of you. A good friend, a good spiritual friend, will challenge you. And I also hate when people will say things like, oh, I'm praying for you. Love you. And you're like, no, you ain't. No, you don't. A good friend, a good person that can be with you prays for you, believes in you, loves you. But if not careful, and my, my question to you is, is does your circle only, only say good things about you? Do they say good things about you and then gossip behind your back? Or do they just say good things out of you? Or maybe they're people that all they do, and, and maybe they're people who just only use you, and when you need their help, they're just gone? Who's in your circle? Next thing, true friends are there when it sucks. I could say true friends are there when it's hard. Life sucks sometimes. True friends are there when it's, when it's easy, when it's difficult, but they're there for you no matter what. Spiritual spotters, this is the next point, help carry the load with you when you can't do it alone. Ecclesiastes chapter four, starting in verse nine. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. You can't do this life alone, guys. You need people in your circle who believe in you, who love you, who want the best for you. They're authentically there for you. And not only that, we need people who are just willing to listen. Because oftentimes, guys, we, going back to what I was talking about, we will struggle with naps. Anybody struggle taking a nap? They feel wrong? Am I the only one? Got it. All these people have issues, apparently. Everyone else is in denial. Or some of you are like, all I do is nap. Right, right. I have problems. Nap, right? <laughs> we will work and work and work. We will say, I feel like I'm not doing good enough. My grades are struggling. I got to bump my GPA up. So I'm going to take another class in the summer. You will go, oh my gosh, like I just want to get my finances right. And, and I know I have a plan, but I need, I just need to do more. So I'm going to get a second job. And the thing is, guys, and, and this is more of a practical thing. If you like, you feel like you are cracking, 
you don't need more pressure because you will be crushed. I remember at one point I was, uh, before I started doing ministry here at Zion City, I was at the U of A for two years, my freshman and sophomore year. And after that, I shifted into the internship here at the church. And then since then, I've been brought on staff. But at one point, I was at the U of A, my freshman and sophomore year. And I remember at the end of my freshman year, I was working at a restaurant in the mornings five days a week. I was a part of clubs in the evenings. And I, um, I was doing full-time schedule. And it was a heavy load. It was harder classes. It was tiring. And, and I honestly began to work more because I felt the shift of, I'm not sure if the U of A is where I wanted to be at that moment, but I decided to start working more. So I went from working three days a week to five because I'd rather have money. Amen. Right? I got loans. Got to pay them. And I found myself cracking. My grades started tanking. My performance at work wasn't good. My mental health wasn't good. At this time, I I just left a really bad relationship. Uh, I was honestly the toxic one. It's okay to admit when you're the toxic one sometimes, it'll heal your soul. I was depressed, I was struggling in school, I didn't have friends because I was in this middle ground of I, I'm, the, I'm the pastor's kid and I'm at the U of A, I don't wanna party but I kinda wanna be a part of it where people are handing me a bottle at a business club and I'm like, I don't want it, I don't wanna be your friend but yeah, and everywhere else I was struggling. I was cracking and the moment I realized this could cost me my life was I was actually going to the barbershop right on Ruthroff from the Troy by Walmart And I was going to go straight, but the green arrow turning left came on, and I just went. Not that I was trying to, like, take my own life, but I was so physically exhausted, I forgot. I went. I end up almost getting hit by cars in a head-on collision, and I, I wasn't until I was pretty much from a car from Tristan and I that it snapped in my head of, oh, my gosh, I'm not supposed to be here right now in the middle of this intersection, and that's when I realized I'm doing too much. I'm cracking. And some of y'all are cracking due to your schedule. And I get it. Some of y'all have heavy workloads. Some can handle it more than others. And and that's not a bad thing. But my question to you is, if you are cracking, don't believe the lie that you're not doing enough. Because if you are cracking, more pressure will crush you. You don't need more pressure. You need a release. You don't need someone to give you more of a workload. You need someone to say, bro, how you doing? Abraham could have cracked. In reality, Abraham had the 275. If we would have put 405 on there, he would have cracked his femurs. His knees would have just, he'd have been gone. No more ruckus room. No more faith and fitness. Someone's going to have to take it over. Who's your release? Who do you have in your circle? Who's your spiritual spotter? It says here, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. If actually you look at a powerlifting competition, there's actually three spotters. Is the safest measure. I'm not saying three is the magic number. I'm not saying two is the magic number. Not everyone needs to know your problems, but somebody does. Somebody needs to know your sin, your struggle, your temptation, Someone needs to be helping you walk through um, your own insecurities, your own self-doubt, someone that can poke and prod at that stuff. I'm just going to say, if, if, if someone says, man, why are you like that? You're like, I'm not. Resistance shows need. Who's poking you? Who's challenging you? James 5, 16 says this. 
James, the brother of Jesus, is saying this. He says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. We, we say it around here sometimes that you come to Jesus for freedom and miracles and forgiveness, but you go to people for healing. See, it's one thing to sin. Maybe you watch porn or you went to a party and you feel bad the next day or, or whatever it may be, or maybe you are, you've been gossiping and, you're, and, and maybe whatever it may be, you, you name it, you insert blank sin there. And you go, God, I'm sorry, I'm never gonna do that again. And then you don't tell anybody, nothing really changes. It's like trying to change your own passcode on your phone because, well, I don't wanna get it on my phone, but you know your own passcode. Well, I'm gonna change the passcode and I'm, hopefully I forget my phone passcode. Someone needs to know where you're at. Someone needs to know where you're at spiritually and mentally. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. See, this is a challenging thing. This is something that over the last two years I have had to work through. I grew up my whole life hiding things, not talking about my struggles, avoiding it, not being able to manipulate my way out of it. But there gets to a point where you just need to just send it to the moon and say, this is who I really am. This is where I'm struggling. Because some of y'all feel so heavy. Some of y'all are navigating trauma and past mistakes and current temptations, current sins that no one knows about. And you physically feel it weighing down. And you're just like, I want to tell somebody. I'm scared. I don't, need to, I don't know if I trust people. Well, you guys need to find that person that you can just say, this is where I'm at. If you've ever been honest, you feel lighter. You know what I mean? Remember as a kid, you break something. And your mom goes, who did that? And you're like, not me. Okay, I did it. I did it. It was me. I'm sorry, mom. You're like, I'm sorry. And you're like, I feel better. I know I'm grounded for the next month, but at least I have my, con- my, my conscience is clear. See, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Some of y'all need to start being open and honest about where you're at. You don't need to be perfect at church. You don't need to be coming in here and telling everyone your sin on stage. We're not going to go around and be like, what's your favorite sin, Michael? We're not going to do that. Someone needs to know the real you. Someone needs to be able to go, bro, I get it. I've been there too. And that's why tribes are so important and, 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 and having relationships with, with godly people and, and connecting with your pastors and, and connecting with other leaders because you can go, man, this is where I'm at. Can you help me? Can you pray for me? So I encourage you, if you're in here and you are saying, you know what, I need to be in a tribe. I need to be in a small group. I need to be in a relationship. I just need a spot where I could just let people know where my thoughts are, where, where, where I'm at. I encourage you, join a tribe. Come hang out at Mod afterwards. Don't need to talk about all your problems, but start building some friendships now. Because it's easy to go, I want to build godly relationships. Bye. See you in a month. You ain't going to grow. It's just like working out once a month. You ain't going to grow. You're just more prone to injury. You come once a month, you will distance yourself. You will then begin to, if not careful, find yourself spiritually injured and call it church hurt when in reality, you just weren't here. Church hurt is real. I work at a church. It happens. But don't stay there either. Some of y'all need to just say, 
I'm not gonna have it all figured out, but I'm okay with starting. I'm not saying if you join a tribe, say you're in Lenny's tribe and you're like, I am addicted to lust. Bye. No, start small. Him being a tribe leader will be a good spiritual spotter and he'll go, hey man, let me get to know you first. Where are you at? Tell me your story. How'd you come to, come to Zion City? And as you grow and trust is built, you will draw closer to Jesus. But here's the thing. Your spotters aren't perfect. They need spotters too. Who are you spotting in your own life? Is there friends that you're walking to Jesus? Maybe you serve at Zion City and you serve with the student ministry on, with the junior hires. Maybe there's a loved one, a family member you're walking to Jesus. Who are you spotting as well? Or are you just receiving? Are you a consumer and not a giver? It's all about me, help me out, help me out, help me out. Are you that person at the gym that just hogs all the dumbbells and everyone hates? Who are you spiritually spotting as well? But since spotters need spotters, that means none of us are perfect. The only person that is perfect and can truly set you free is Jesus. A true spiritual spotter pushes you to Jesus, the only one who can truly make you whole. You can have all the friends in the world, but only Jesus can restore your soul. You can go to all the counselors. You can read all the, all the books of the Bible with, in a small group and talk about it. You can, you can look at all the, the Christian memes on Instagram. You can, you can come to all the college nights. You can go to Mod afterward every time. You can be in a small group. You can come to church here on Friday and in another church on Thursday and then another church on Sunday. But unless you're rooted on the rock, you won't ever truly be whole. Jesus is the only one that can make you whole. Uh, Keys, you can come up, actually. John chapter 14, starting in verse 27. This is Jesus talking. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is saying, there's peace that only I can give. You can't find it in other people. You can't find it in a degree, in a job, an amount of social media followers you get. You can't find it in that. You can only find it in me. Matthew 11, starting in verse 28. This is Jesus talking. He says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This isn't talking about like scrambled eggs. A yoke is something they would put on an ox and it was heavy. Think an ox is heavy. It's hundreds of pounds into the thousands. And and they would put this, this weight on its neck and they would steer it and they would push it. It would be the equivalency of a Bran being on all fours with a 45 pound bar on his neck and just moving it wherever we want him to go. Jesus is saying, one, life with me ain't always easy. It will be hard, but I ain't gonna burden you. I'm gonna challenge you, but in him you can find rest. Some of you try to find rest in as many naps as possible. 
you try to find rest and hanging out with friends and maybe you have fear of missing out. You have FOMO and you think, I just have to be at the next thing, the next church service, the next tribe, the, the next party, the next, the next hangout. Only Jesus can give you the rest you need. You don't only need physical rest, your soul needs rest too. It says in the word that your body, your soul, and your spirit, and your mind, all those need to be healthy. Are you spiritually with the Lord? Is your body physically good? Is your soul okay? What do I mean by soul? How are you feeling? Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you sat in silence, no AirPods, not even brown noise, white noise, Christian instrumental worship? When was the last time you just sat with your feet on the ground, felt the weight of your body and said, how am I doing? It's hard if you haven't done it in a while. When was the last time you just truly were honest with yourself and said, I'm scared. I'm broken. I'm heartbroken. I'm terrified. I'm doing great. We must learn to give Jesus our burdens. Some of you are trying so hard. You're doing good. You're trying school, work, trying to navigate the economy in this generation, trying to find roommates, trying to make ends meet. You're working hard. But some of you are trying so hard, you've overburdened yourself and have believed the lie that your identity is in your works or who you will one day become. Your identity is not your income, not who you will marry, not in what school you go to, not in who you date, not on your Instagram account. None of that will truly satisfy. Some of you have tried to find love from people who were never meant to love you and wonder why you get hurt. And some of you have believed a lie that you were unworthy of love. I'm here to tell you Jesus loves you so much that he died for you. Lennon said this in our student nights that Jesus is the home you're looking for. That messed me up. I was like, okay, I get it. You know, when you get to a home, you go, there's peace here. There's warmth here. There's love here. Some of you might be in here and saying, I've never felt that. Tonight you can. You might not have known, had a, uh, an earthly father, an earthly mother, a great home life, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus is enough for your soul. Not just for when we get to heaven, because how disappointing would it be to get to, we, we live a terrible life and we get to heaven and we could have looked back and gone, oh, that could have been better. God didn't just die so you could go to heaven and just hang out all day for eternity. He died for your sins, your struggles, your illness here on earth too. Don't be content with just surviving on earth. Don't be content with your situations and don't be comfortable with how you worship. Jesus loves you and he's the home you've been looking for. He's the rest you need. He's the only one that can affirm you. And, and it be truly 100% true. All of your problems won't go away when you accept Jesus. Once again, he says, you will face trials and tribulations. But I'm here to tell you today, some of y'all need to stop carrying excess weight. 
Some of y'all are judging yourself. Well, I'm not, I, 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 I haven't gotten married yet, or I haven't ha- had kids yet, or I haven't bought a house yet, or I haven't got the degree yet. I wanted to go to the U of A, but I'm at Pima, or I'm still in high school, or, or you're in here and you're saying, well, I'm just working part-time, or, or it's only a minimum wage, or, or my, I'm not quite like my, my, the worship leader is. I'm not like David. I'm not like Lennon. I'm not like, I'm not like Roger. I'm not where I, these people are spiritually. Stop carrying extra baggage. Stop carrying weights you aren't meant to carry. I promise you, you'll get there. Abdon probably was squatting 100 pounds at probably like nine, but he didn't start there either. Some of y'all are trying to carry weight that that, that 30-year-old you is meant to carry. Some of y'all are looking at 35-year-old people and going, why am I not like them? Because you're 20. Some of y'all are looking at people on social media and saying, I don't look like them. I don't make money like them. Well, here's the thing. It might be daddy's money. It might not. It might be Photoshop. It might not be, it might not be Photoshop. Be you. Where are you at? Stop looking at other people's fake. Look at your authentic. Then you'll be healed. You keep looking at your social media. You keep looking at everyone else at this church. You think, well, I'm not singing on stage. I'm not serving like that. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have that degree. Then I promise you in a year, you'll be here still the same person. You can come here at 18, leave at 27, and nothing changed if you keep looking at everybody else. You keep blaming everyone else. Stop blame shifting. I'm telling you, some of y'all need to get some people around you and just say, help me out here. And some of y'all need to be honest with Jesus and be, I was the toxic one. I was the problem. I didn't try as hard as I should have. I was a gossiping person. And some of y'all, and here's the thing, when you're honest with yourself and with others, you are free. Some of y'all know Julian from a few years ago. I sucked. Sorry. I was manipulative. I would gossip. Instead of coming to my leaders about my sin, I'd point out other people's sin because I was insecure of my own. I would do things at the Ore Valley campus on a stage, but then I'd go home and I would be completely different. I was the pastor's kid on Sunday, but I wasn't Monday through Saturday. This is challenging. We must learn to be honest with ourselves and we must learn to be honest with Jesus and those around us. And maybe this message is a bit blunt. And maybe I've said the word sucks too many times, sorry. Can't do this with the 65 and up ministry. I get kicked out. But some of y'all, once again, gotta just let go of some weight. And you, you're telling yourself, I'm not, I'm not, I won't like myself without this weight. I'm, I, people won't love me the same. People are gonna think differently of me. People are gonna think I'm weak. People are gonna think I'm, I'm broken. People are gonna think like, I can't take, I can't take the pressure. Uh, what if people judge me? What if, what if, but you're you, you're whole, you're free. And if people, all they do is judge you, then they probably need to look at themselves. So this is what I want to do. If everyone can stand up for me. Before you can rely on people, before you can rely on yourself, 
you need to rely on Jesus. And some of y'all are in here, maybe you've been lukewarm in your walk with Jesus and you've, you've tiptoed, you've, you've flirted with it, you've, you, you've been okay with it, but you've never actually committed. Y'all remember those relationships in middle school when you would text and flirt, but then you'd avoid each other during the day? Some of y'all do that with Jesus. This is your flirting. Stop flirting. Be serious. Some of you might be in here and say, I've never even heard, been to church. I've never even walked with Jesus, but I know this is what I need. It's that Jesus died for our sins, died for our transgression. It says that the stripes on his back when they whipped him and lashed him were our, was for our healing. When you come into relationship with Jesus, he takes your imperfection and trades it for his perfection. Every world religion will say, do this to get to God. God said, no, no, I'm coming to you. Just say yes. So with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, if you're in here and you say, you know what, Julian, I have either been lukewarm, I have walked away or just need to start a relationship with Jesus. Can you do me a really bold thing? And can you just raise your hand up high for me if that's you? Raise it up high, no hesitation. Awesome. Can y'all repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to come into my life, make me a new creation, be my Lord and my savior, even if it's uncomfortable. So God, I just pray for every single person that just prayed that prayer, Lord. And I just ask, will you, uh, God, will you bless them? Lord, I ask that you even just begin to speak to them tonight. God, they might not physically feel different right now, but God, I pray the way they talk is different. God, the way they think is different. God, will you just begin to even surround them with people, God, who just love them and affirm them. So God, we say thank you. God, we celebrate with heaven that even one sinner comes to know Jesus. So God, we celebrate now with heaven because people said yes to you. And this is the next group I wanna to talk to. If you're in here, and altar team, you could come up. If you're in here and you're carrying weight you don't need to carry, on the count of three, I'm gonna count, and I just want you to line up here, okay? Line up in front. It's not about what other people think. It's not about even what you think, but you're just saying, you know what? I want to hold this, but I know I can't hold it no more. If you're cracking or if you're crushed. If you're in here, if it's emotional, spiritual, physical, whatever kind of weight, that's you. I want you to get up here fast. One, two, three. If you're carrying weight, you don't need to carry it. Come on up here. I just want you to line up here real quick. There's more of you. I can feel it in my heart. There might be some more of you guys. So I say, I'm proud of you guys. You're doing good. He's gonna help you do better. He multiplies. So can you just hold out your hands like you're gonna receive a gift? And altar team, if you just wanna like pray over them. Can you repeat after me and say, Dear Jesus, this weight isn't for me no more. Help me to let it go. So God, right now, I just pray over every single person here. 
And God, I just pray right now, Lord, that you just begin to help them to physically feel lighter even now, Jesus. God, your burden is easy and your yoke is light. So God, I pray they feel differently today, God. And I pray that they walk differently, Lord. So God, I just say thank you for what you're going to do, God. God, I pray, Lord, your presence over these people. God, where there has been lies put upon them, God, where there has been experiences, situations, God, we bind that in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray a fresh outpouring of your presence. So God, we say thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys can stay up here. But can you guys actually come to the front, everybody else? And David, can we just worship? for a bit. Is that okay? Is it okay if we just worship for a bit? We're just going to worship for a bit, but I just want you guys to give him your burden. You're going to give him what you're feeling.